Our desire is to become gospel-shaped people who, in response to the grace received from Christ, follow his example of love and service to others. Exploring this transformation through the reflection of God's word and the experience of others as we go. and then just took a week off to to try and uh, kind of recalibrate and just figure out exactly the direction that um, we wanted to go with this. And obviously, I still want the focus to be on living a gospel-shaped life. Um, I think that's still obviously the crux of what we're looking at and where our hearts need to be. But... Um, I just was looking for just something a, di- a slightly different directions, and I kind of wanted to blend um, two different things. One, I really liked talking to people and hearing from their daily lives. Just, you know, what what does a gospel shaped life life even look like? You know, for your daily life, and that was kind of the inspiration for this idea of the podcast being as you go, like as you're living your life, as you're walking through life, what does that even look like? But even after doing the few um, the few weeks of looking at the Lord's Prayer, I found that I was really enjoying um, just diving into Scripture and and looking at and seeing what what does Scripture have to say about you know a gospel shaped life. And so I kind of wanted to combine those two things. So at the end of this episode, um, we could hear um, just some some thoughts from someone, um, and I'll introduce that in a little bit on what a gospel-shaped life looks like. But before um, we do that, what I want to spend the next several weeks looking at is um, a a bit of Scripture, a well-known part of Scripture that I think really lends itself well to living a gospel-shaped life. So just to kind of take someone down the rabbit hole with me in my mind and the way it was working and how I came to this place, um, you know, I was thinking about, okay, a a gospel-shaped life um, what does it look like? What does scripture have to say? And one of the places that my mind began to wander to was the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I, I find myself going there often thinking about, okay, if I, if I need to know, you know, what is th- a certain aspect of life even look like? That's a great place to go because I feel like Jesus spends so much time talking about and speaking into this is what your good life should look like. This is what a gospel life would look like. And turning upside down all these preconceptions that people have of, you know, whether it was anger and murder, you know, um, adultery to lust and, and talking about forgiveness and, um, you know, not looking at things as eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. So that's, that's kind of where I landed <clears throat> was in the Sermon on the Mount, but a specific part of it, um, that I really latched on to was the one phrase of Christ where he says, you know, um, my followers, the people, you know, the people who get this, the people who will follow me, you will know them by their fruit. 
You know, it's by their fruit you will know them. You know, he talks about a good tree and a bad tree. And in both of these things, you will recognize these people. You will recognize these things by their fruit, which then a kind of natural place for my mind to wander from there was to the fruits of the spirit um, that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter five. And that's what I want to spend some time looking at is, is the fruits of the spirit in Galatians five, because I think that it seems like, and, and it really, it, it is a simple, um, I say a simple passage is simple as in like most people can spout off the fruits of the spirit very quickly. So it's simple in that regard, but there's so much here. And I think a lot of truth within the fruits of the spirit that they really lend itself to a, a gospel shaped life because it is what someone would look like. I mean, Christ said to himself, he says, you know, you will recognize these people by their fruit. And then Paul talks about like the, the, these things are the fruits the fruits of the spirit. Um, so if you're unfamiliar, it comes directly from Galatians chapter five and verses 22 and 23, where Paul says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are a lot of, there's a lot of different <clears throat> fruits there, but I mean, each one I think is, is just packed full of of truth and meaning within it. And so what I want to do is spend the next several weeks really looking at and talking about and maybe even talking to other people about what these specific different fruits have to do with living a gospel-shaped life. So we're going to start that off tonight with just looking at the first one, and that is love. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love. It might be the, the most obvious one on there because I don't see how you can look at the gospel, read the gospel and experience it and not understand that love is at its core. You know, um, I have one of the things I think I struggle with the most when it comes to my relationship with with other believers, not even just other believers, but other people is... Um, just a lack of love for their fellow man, for their fellow human beings. And I think that that's something that we especially struggle with even in our own culture here in America, in this Western culture, where everything is so individualized. Everything's about you. Everything's about me. How can I bring satisfaction and, and joy? And how can I bring about success in my life? And in a way that kind of completely disregards another person, completely disregards other people. And that can just not be farther from the truth. We could sit here and name dozens of examples of Christ in the Bible where you could describe his actions as simply as he was showing love. He was showing compassion to other people. There are also dozens of scriptures we could look at, we could point to. And see that this is true. First Corinthians thirteen, one of the most, one of the most well-known and most quoted parts of the entire Bible, specifically talking about what love is—that it is patient. It's patient. It's not. It's not overbearing. It keeps all things, holds all things. It's it's this this central force in our world that can quite literally fix 
so many issues that we have, so many problems that we that we have in our world that arise from just a lack of love. And Christ said to himself, he said, you will recognize people by their fruit. And the truth is, church, is that if we don't have love, just as it says in Corinthians, we're just a, we're a loud noise. We're a noise that probably is more annoying, annoying and meaningless if we don't find a way to have love in our hearts for other people. It's the perfect, it's the perfect fruit to start off the fruit of the spirit. And it's one that I think will honestly be kind of this, this underlying bedrock and underlying force underneath all these other fruits of the spirit. That there's a lot of different things you can have, but man, if you don't have love, love for Christ, love for other people, including of your enemies and your friends and your family, everyone, then it may just not be there. That fruit may not be there. So that's where we're going is we're going to continue to look at the fruits of the spirit. I think I'm going to be um, looking at several of them myself, asking um, some of the leaders in our church to give me some of their insight into how some of these different fruits of the spirit can help lead and shape a gospel life. And again, the first one tonight being love. Love your fellow people because it's what Christ did. It's what he looked like. It's how he carried himself. So I'm excited to look at this again. I, I fell in love with the idea of just looking over scripture um, and getting to hear from people. And so um, what I want to end with tonight is letting um, Alex put off, tell you what she thinks a gospel-led life is. Alex spent um, several years in Quiche, Guatemala, uh, working in a, in a children's home there as a missionary and so gospel-shaped living is something that was at the forefront of her mind for a long, long time as that was her, her daily life, her, her daily goals of how do I bring the gospel to other people and how do I let it shape my life. So to end our time tonight, I'm going to let her um, tell you what she thinks a gospel-shaped life looks like. To me, a gospel-shaped life is one that is actively engaged in bringing restoration to the broken. As having been radically changed by God's scandalous love, a gospel-shaped person seeks first intimacy with Christ and is deeply invested in what was important to him when he walked on this earth. I consider how for much of his ministry, he brought healing to the sick and brokenhearted. He went out of his way to show consideration for the outcast and align himself with the poor and marginalized. A gospel-shaped life is active in, in these areas, and the lives of others, and is engaged in making disciples who know Jesus intimately and who will also be lights in their spheres of influence and active members of their community. 